Proposition <laughs> Elevran to make you a covering, a mesovria covering over you. Camios to camios to kervios emalia kralios elamia katania. Heaven of enemy eye, heaven no covering over you. Across to every high covering eye, heaven over you. Eleprosalamia kavranio covering of high heaven over you. For to us, sopranios to fania, stania, sopania. Regogogos, soprania, lavantelema is to covering eye heavens over you. High, 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 covering high heavens over you. Amen, Muslim, many high. Everyone to many high heavens over you. Many, many high, many high, high heavens over you. It's high heavens over you, even as you come up to Zion. There's a hope in us to guide your feet as you come up. For you are coming and you are close. You are close. You are closer than you even imagined. For there is a covering and a high heaven over you. A covering and opening of a high, high heavens over you. Elements you high, you high, high apostle over you. It's even the high apostle over you. That's the high apostle over you. There is a high apostle over you. The covering, the covering of heaven over you. Come up. You are coming up. You are coming up. You are coming up. And it is by the high heavens and the high covering over you. It's bringing you closer. Keep coming. Keep coming. For you are beginning to sound. You are beginning to sound. You are beginning to align with my works. You are beginning to align. It's a covering of the high heavens over you. It's Thank you. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Jesus. 
think it's clear that there. There is a there is a lot of activity in heaven. I'm saying not just like heaven, like God is. I mean, what constitutes heaven to our soul? There is the clouds there is a fluidity about the you see what we call firmament it has its it has its affixation but there is also the the fluidity there's an aspect of it that is fluid. When we look at clouds, the Bible speaks about that, the gathering of clouds, that clouds can, can gather and make a, take a form. You can even see when you look up, um, it's almost like the cloud is drawing images <laughs> in the sky. You know, it's because of the the movement and each each cloud has its own motion. Um, it has its own kind of movement. Praise God. Um, but there's something really when you look at the look above and you see clouds moving. Clouds can move, but most of the time the movement is the earth moving. Do you realize that? What it looks like, clouds are moving. It's actually the earth that's moving. More of the earth is doing more movement than the clouds are doing. Glory to Jesus. Um, so there is something about the um, alignment when you're trying to align the spirit. It's, it's not just about maybe heaven now coming and deciding it's time to bless you. A lot of time, the firmament over you is there, but is the, they are waiting for the movement of the earth. Mm. Do you see that? For example, when rain comes and goes, rain didn't really come. The earth moved into a place where, the, where it was raining. Do you see that? That our geography is glory to God. Um, I sense a lot at this, in this season, there, there are things set in heaven, right? There are, there is seat, there's things set. There are, there are blessings in, set in heaven. They are just trying to, by, through mercy and grace, trying to align our souls to, you get what I'm saying? There is a, there's a kind of positioning that every soul need to take at this point in time. And um, I, I want to encourage every one of us, don't be too, Ignorant of the times, the, the season, you know, be, be a bit spiritually sensitive. <laughs> and then you say, well, I'm not a spiritual giant, I can't discern everything. But, you know, you still, you have, no matter how, how little you are, you still have something. <laughs> don't, you can't convince me that you don't have any single ability. 
to discern the times and the season. There's something inside of you, praise God, that can pick up with what the Lord is doing. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, through ministry, through, through ministry, we can. Whatever, what is being developed over us, we can bring it closer. Do you understand what I mean? When I say ministry, I don't mean just preaching to you. I mean, I mean we all, um, we all pulling our own weight. Do you understand what I mean? As, um, as a company, we all making decisions of heart. Like um, Antiabi was praying today, I was listening to her. She was saying that uh, what matters is little obedience. It's just glory to God. And that, this is the second time of today, just today, this, in the spirit of a few hours, someone was praying with my wife and I, and that was the uh, pastor was praying with us, and that was just what he kept saying. Just, he would say, grace to obey. Grace to obey. Just the way he was saying it, I was saying, those secret obediences which you ought to do. Do you understand? <laughs> that's, how you, um, that's how you respond to heaven. Obedience is the, is the response of the earth to heaven. What heaven gives is will. Heaven, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven, right? It's, they will, they will express their will. And that will that sometimes doesn't come as grand things. It can be an impression, a nudging. Just, you just smell kind of like an attitude from spirit that's trying to tell you, act in this way or follow this manner. Do you understand that? Obeying with that kind of alignment, you're doing something, something great in the spirit. Glory to Jesus. The Lord is going to help us. Thank you, Father. Glory to Jesus. Um, I'm seeing two things tonight. I'm seeing heaven and I'm seeing the holy mountain of God, right? The, the mountain of ascension, which um, we, um, we, have, we ought to um, climb in Zion is a, is a uh, it's not a straightforward task because of the, there's something about the terrain of Zion that can make ascension weary to the soul, right? It's, um, it's the, because when you're, when you're trying to, to ascend, you can't, you can't ascend without warfare, right? When you are, you're making effort to ascend, you see that the, all the things that have made, that have kept you in your previous state, they begin to wake up and begin to have input and say, okay, no, okay, what about this? What about that? <laughs> you understand? I mean, they won't just leave you and say, okay, bye-bye. You're going to Zion. You're going to God. Okay, you can go <laughs> to God. Praise Jesus. Um, but I'm seeing so much help available spiritually. You can, I'm seeing power, warfare, heavenly warfare. I'm seeing, I'm, I'm seeing help of spirits, angels. Angels. Now the Lord is saying that that they are more with you. Yes. Do you understand? <laughs> if you can, they can open your eyes to see yes. spirit. When you are when you are in the valley of decision, yes. you can feel alone. Yes. Or the, is the lie of the enemy yes. that you are alone. But if 
they can open your eye to see the forces that are, you understand? In that valley of decision, when it's time to obey, do you go and say, if you are able, if you know what powers are, are, are there, are present from heaven on your behalf, for you, helping you, with you, available to you, help of heaven. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Satan, in his, is freaking out now. Do you know why? We have, the people of God have now discovered a secret. Do you know the secret? It was what Daddy Hagin prophesied about, that there will come a time when men will begin to learn how to join forces with the forces of heaven. You know, for, for a long time, we've been fighting him alone with our religion, our, you know, our self-righteousness, our street religious face, all of those things. And once you bring those things to Satan, <laughs> you are finished, he doesn't. But I know that the tide is turning, the battle is turning. Do you understand what I mean? People who, are, people who, are, who have learned the secret of how to, how to join forces, to join forces with who? With the forces of heaven. You need heaven to, you, you need heaven to war against the heavenly creature that was framed in heaven. You need help from heaven. Glory to Jesus. And that help is coming to us. Glory to God. Glory to God. The Lord wants to build a temple. Right, you can't ascend without a mountain. A mountain is also a temple in the spirit. Do you see that? Now, when, you, when it's time for temple building, maybe I'll just tell us some Bible stories if, today if we can. Um, if we can go deeper, we'll see. But um, remember when they were trying to build the temple in... Um, <coughs> Of course, the prophecies were captured in the book of Haggai, Zechariah, right? Haggai and Zechariah captured the prophecies when the temple was to be built. And those prophecies give you insight that there was a lot of opposition. They were, in fact, they were at a standstill. Things were bad. They couldn't continue. And they required help from heaven, help from above. But the story of those things are in, you have to go back to the book of Ezra. In the book of Ezra, that was when the um, people who had been sent, right, you know the Lord anointed Cyrus. Praise Jesus. Cyrus was a king of Persia who Somehow God just moved on him and said, can you let these people go and build the temple? He was a, a Gentile king. God's spirit came up upon him. And then he, he didn't just send them, he put a law, he put a decree that this temple should be built. Glory to Jesus. So those guys, they went to build the temple. Then at some point, according to the scripture, 
some other guys around them, some other nations, wicked nations, praise God. First thing they said is, they didn't come up to fight. They said, let us build with you. <laughs> Do you see that? They didn't come as with fighting. They said, no, 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 no. They said, let us build with you. Why would they say, let us build with you? Now, their intention is to stop the temple being built, right? But they didn't come at first as an opposition. They came as what? An alliance. Do you see that? But God gave the people of Israel wisdom and so that, no, you can't build with us. <laughs> this, kind, this, this work is a special work. It's for those who are anointed to do, to do it. Glory to Jesus. So they, they rejected those guys. And then when they rejected them, then those guys turned against them. And then by that time, Cyrus's reign has ended. Praise God. Then the king then they began to write letters to the king and say, look, remember these people? They are troublesome people. Have you heard about them before? You know, there are records of Israel from before. You know how Israel got to that place, even through David, before David's time, how they got to build that initial temple there. It was through war. They devastated all the nations around them. Do you understand? They took, they dealt with everybody. It was God who did it. And all those nations, they have records of everything. All the things that their forefathers have suffered in the hand of Israel were all recorded in books. Praise Jesus. So those people, they wrote letters to the king and said, look, go and check your books. So these guys that are building here, have you ever heard of them before? They are called Israel. Do you know what they do to nations? So the fearful king went back, first of all, I want to check. And he checked the books and he said, wow, 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 wow. All the record of these guys. They told him that you can never let these guys build anything here. Otherwise, after some time, they will take over all the kingdoms around you. In fact, they will tell them they will all stop paying tax to you. They painted the evil <laughs> to the king. Praise Jesus. So the king gave an order. He said, okay, let them stop building. I've heard the record is correct. They're troublesome people. So they stopped building. Glory to God. But God helped. In that whole transaction, that was when the book of Jeremiah, book of Haggai was written. It was inspiration, illumination, help that gave them wisdom on how to respond to the king. But they now had to respond and told the king, look, this thing you're saying, check through what is written. In the time of Cyrus, the king, a decree has been said that this temple must be built and it cannot be stopped, glory to God. And by God's grace, the king looked and checked the books again. What happened, he checked that Cyrus had given a decree and then he then told them that this thing is written. Nobody should stop this building. If anybody tried to stop the building, kill them. Be God, saying. Uh -huh. So long, long story short um, is that when when it's time to build for God, you will encounter opposition. Right? 
from all kinds of places. The first kind you will get is not opposition right right. It will be things within your members who ought not to be part, who are not part of the plan, who should not be present, who don't have the commission for holiness. You know, it's not everything in you that you can participate in holiness. They are part of your members that you must expel. Things you must reject. Say, okay, you are not part of this season. But when you, but there's a fear. Every time you want to reject things, they will, they will threaten you. Yeah. We are going to wage war against you. I'm speaking not about. I'm talking about stubborn aspect of your, yeah. of your nature. Yeah. Yes, you, you even think, am I willing to be fighting with this thing every day? It's a blackmail. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? But you have, to, you have to stand your ground in the spirit. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you. Revelation chapter 4. Praise God. Verse 1 said that after this I looked and behold a door was opened in heaven and the first voice which I heard was as it were of what? Of a trumpet talking with me which said come up hither and I will show thee things which must be what? which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like what? Like unto an emerald. Praise God. So he said that a door was, when he looked, he saw a, what? A door that was open in heaven, right? And, the, and then the door said to him, the voice, when he, heard, he saw the door, and then the voice was now speaking to him, the voice of a trumpet, um, we said to him, come upward, come up hither. And then I will do what? Show the things which must be hereafter. Praise Jesus. The calling 
which is upon the soul to ascend into heaven. is the sound of a nature. Right. Is a, when I say nature, I mean, um, it's actually a kind of, it's the sound of a kind of man. There is a, there's a, there's a kind of man who's actually is a ladder. If you want to check what, who Christ is. All right, in the spirit, Christ is a ladder. I mean, the, 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 the person, the nature of Christ is a kind of ladder. He's a, Christ is a, is a, is a nature of ascension. Do you agree with me? Is a, is a nature of what? Is a, is a nature of, ascent, of ascension. Um, the Christ nature is a nature that sounds, that has a, it has a, a sound of, of the nature. When, in order to, <laughs> praise Jesus, in order to make the soul to, to take ascension spiritually, I mean, to, to ascend clearly means to be, to gain spiritual properties. Right, it's the ascension is the input of spiritual properties into the soul, and the way they do that thing is a is actually a complex work. Right, when you see the design of the temple, the ordinances given for how the temple, right, all the things that must be done within the temple. Praise God! All of the ordinances you check, maybe check Leviticus. Right, the details that were given to Moses to give unto, of course, Aaron and unto his sons, all the ordinances of the temple. All of those things are, they are all particulars of ascension. Do you see that? Um, when it's very clear that, that in, in, the, in the wilderness, when the Lord brought the people, he told them, go and prepare yourself for three days. Right, then he said, after three days, I will meet with you after making preparation. Yes, they did all the best they could. They made preparation, and then they came and gathered around the mountain. But when the Lord began to come, when he began to come, he began to land on the mountain. Yes, Something became very clear that there was a, there was a what? There was a gap. It wasn't, uh, you, at that moment, you can't fake anything. Do you see that? Yeah, I want you to, to think about all the guys who are the loudest mouths of Israel, who, give, who used to give all the trouble to Moses in the wilderness. Do you see all those people? Can you picture them at that time? Do you see what I'm saying? What, what happened? They began to quake. They began to fear. So, if they had any sense, but that was the point they would have known that Moses is not their mate. Yes, but you know, they didn't learn lesson. Yes, After later, they still started rubbing shoulder yes, and doing all kinds of things. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
But you saw in the, in the picture of in that mountain. So let's see Exodus 19, verse 6. It says, And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were, what? Thunders, lightnings. Then you see thick cloud upon the mount. Then you see the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud. Now, of everything in the mountain, praise God, there are many things. If you also read the book of um, Hebrews, you will see the same thing. That in that mountain, what came upon the mountain were many different aspects of God, different dimensions of his, of the person that were demonstrating with different things, right? In, in the, on the mountain, you will see manifestations that are Christ-like. In that place, there will be manifestations that are God-like. All mixed within. Do you see that? You see thundering was there, lightning was there. Then it now speak about, spoke about a thick cloud that was upon the mount. So you see thunders, lightning, and a thick cloud. Of course, the cloud is the, is the medium for the lightning. And the thunder is, the, is actually where the lightning moves within the cloud. Glory. Then you now see, and I believe it's this, what he called the voice of a trumpet. Is, it must have been just below the thun, the thundering. Do you see that, sir? Uh, so then you see the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud, so that all the people was in the, that was in the camp tremble. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Voices. Let's okay. Let's see this Exodus nineteen. Let's see um, Hebrews. Let's see what they said in Hebrews. Hebrews 12, praise God. For you are not come unto the mount that might be touched, and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness, so he's describing Sinai, right? That might be touched, that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness, and tempest. Do you see that? So first of all, he spoke about might be torched, burned with fire. Then he spoke about blackness and darkness and tempest. Then verse 19, then the sound of a trumpet and then the voice of words. You see those two are always together. The sound of a trumpet and then the voice of words. The, the, the sound, so the sound of the trumpet is mixed in. It's not trumpet and then words separately. This voice of words is actually a voice. It's a trumpetic voice, but it's, it's that has words. <laughs> it's a trumpetic voice that has words in it. Which voice they heard, they had heard it entreated that the word should not be spoken to them. When they heard it, something, they, they, they began to beg, please, please, please. Please, 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 stop, stop. Don't speak. You, you've not heard such thing before, but it was a trumpet talking to them. 
<laughs> right, is the kind of thing in, of Revelation that John heard in Revelation chapter 4. Praise God. He said, Revelation 4 verse 1, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. The first voice was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me. Do you see that? Now, I want you to think, what do you think this trumpet was saying to these Israelites in, in, in Sinai? Come up here. Come up here. It's the same thing. That's what they prepared three days for. To come up. <laughs> right? They prepared three days to come up and the voice was having calling them. But when they heard the voice, this, this, they began to beg, please, please, don't, we can't, we can't endure the voice of a trumpet. Now, now you see difference between John and those Israelites. So look at the difference of the reaction. One of, on the, of the Israelites, the moment they heard it, they began to beg and began to quake and began to tremble. And they began to entreat that they shouldn't hear anymore. But John was different. When John heard the voice, the, the voice moved him into the spirit. Do you see that? Immediately, well, glory to Jesus. When immediately he heard the voice, and immediately I was in the spirit. I was in the spirit. Are you seeing that? So, so it means that the same voice that can move you into the spirit can be torturous to the soul. That's why you can't, you, you, sometimes you wonder, why do people react differently to this kind of sound? You see, the, the trumpeting sound is, um, is also, if you want to bring the scriptural metaphors together, the, the, the trumpeting sound is also, is also the, it's the, it, the way it feels within is like a rock of offense and a stone of stumbling. Praise Jesus. It's, do you see that? It's the same thing. It's, a, it's actually the, it's the sound of a nature in the spirit that sounds that way. It's a, it's a rock of offense and it's what? It's a stone of what? Of stumbling. Praise God. That was First Peter. You see, and it's one of stumbling, rock of offense. First Peter two verse eight. Even to them which do what stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto they also they are what appointed. Those who, who do what stumble at the word. That's the word. It's actually the word. So, the, the word they call it the voice of words in Hebrews chapter twelve. Right. It's the word voice of one is a sound of words. The sound, there's a way the, the sound can, can, can cause what reactions within the soul. That's the sounding of Christ. Everybody must be careful about this thing. <laughs> you must be careful because, and you have to know your soul is very complex. 
you can, your, your soul is very complex. You, it, the soul can deceive you sometimes. When is when it's um, that's why the, in Hebrews, praise Jesus, Hebrews chapter. Be, be careful, lest there be in you an evil heart of unbelief. Chapter three, the three or four. Lest there be in you an evil heart of unbelief in what he calls it in departing from the living God. Praise Jesus. Um, that's chapter three. Take heed. Hebrews 3 verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in, in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in doing what? In departing from, go to verse 1. Thank you, Jesus. Um, it says, wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. So these are, he's admonishing specific people. Not, um, it's not a general talk, this kind of thing. It's not a general thing. All the Christians. Is, is speaking to holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, who are those who have chosen to be partakers of what calling heavenly calling. What is heavenly calling? It's the call of heaven. That call. You ask me, what is heavenly calling? If you are here beneath the heavens, the call of heaven is to come up. Is it, that's, what the, that's what it sounds like. Heaven will not say any other thing to you. It's in, all they are planning to do is to get you up, how to, how to make you come up. That's just the call of heaven. They will just keep calling to sound to you. Can you come up? That's the heavenly calling if you are still beneath heaven. But this heavenly calling is not just about coming up. When you, come, when you get up, when you get, you've come into heaven, what will happen? You now begin to to begin to see the, the particulars of the calling. The, the, you now see, then the calling turns into a profession. Do you see that? Right. That every calling, I'm called to be this. That thing you are called to be is a profession. But it's, it's first a calling before it becomes a profession. Do you see that? It's a calling. When, when you are here, it's a calling. When you are there, then, what we call then, the calling in then is a profession. The calling now is a calling, then is a profession. Praise Jesus. Uh, do you see there? That's all they're explaining to you in, heaven, in Hebrews chapter 3. So they, say, they now say, consider the apostle and the high priest of our profession. Do you see that? The high priest, so this profession, of course, this high priest, he answered the calling. He, he, he went up with the calling. He, remember, he said, no one has ascended into heaven except the Son of Man. That was in the book of John, chapter what? Chapter 3, right? Except the Son of Man who is in heaven. John 3, verse 13, no man has ascended up to heaven. He was telling you at this time when he's talking, the, the heaven he's speaking of here is not the heaven that, that um, Enoch went to. It wasn't the, the heaven that Elijah went to with a chariot of fire. If it was that heaven, he would have mentioned it here. Apart from Elijah and Enoch, or those, just two of them, they're me. We are the only ones who have gone to heaven. <laughs> Praise Jesus. But we know that Elijah went to heaven in a chariot of fire. But now Jesus is saying that no man had ascended up to heaven. 
but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man. So you now say, which heaven is this, Jesus? What heaven are you talking about? Yeah. Praise Jesus. This heaven that Jesus is speaking about, it's not that, it's not just that heaven there. When God created heaven and the earth, it's different. This one can come and be inside your room. Do you understand what I'm saying? This one is, is different operation because right while he was talking here, son of man which is in heaven, he says, I'm, if we are talking right now, I'm in this heaven that we're talking. I'm, I'm in there right now. I'm, he said, it's in heaven. So it means that it's a different format of a heaven. It's a different sense of a heaven that he's speaking about. Praise Jesus. So, so this man, so this person who's speaking here to um, to Nicodemus is the apostle and the high priest of our profession. Praise Jesus. Amen. So in that, in that book of Hebrews 3, he said that, wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle. So the, are you seeing this heavenly calling? You should be hearing it. Mm-hmm. It should be with you. It should just be. This is one thing that, in this kind of season, you shouldn't be without this calling. Maybe some of you, you have been hearing it, but you've not been able to identify what is this thing. It might just be a disturbance within you. It's not letting you settle and just be staying for days in, on the earth. It's not allowing you to just be comfortable with earthly things, with your earthly thoughts, with your earthly idea. It's just a discomfort. It's a pull. It's like an inward pull. It's like something within you, pulling you within. Say, ah, come away. Just shift out of this focus. Can you, you might not be able to resolve what he's saying, but it might, it might feel like a discomfort. Something pulling you out of the mundane. So you come up, you can come into something more substantive, praise Jesus. And that's what I'm trying to interpret to you today. I'm trying to interpret, like I said, I'm seeing the heaven, and I'm seeing the mountain. Mountain just means help to go up, right? The, the, the way of going up, the, 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 the provision, praise God, for ascension. Glory to Jesus. When I say mountain, mountain, you know this mountain is a man. Do you understand that? All I'm speaking about is this man who they say we should consider. I I expressed him to you. There's a component of him that is like a ladder construction, which is the the mountainous nature, right? Inside of him is, is every priest must be a mountain. For you to be a high priest, you must have a mountain in you for others to climb. Do you understand me? Otherwise, you can't be, you're not qualified to be called a high priest. What are you high for? What are you high about? <laughs> Do you see that? A high priest. A high priest. When you say someone is a high priest, is somebody who has perfected ascension to heaven. Now, do you see that? It's somebody who has done what? Perfected ascension. That's what makes you a high priest. Now, there are many 
calibers of high priests. Hebrews began to speak about them. There were some who couldn't continue by reason of death, different kind. The Lord produced them after its order. But Jesus Christ is different. He is a priest forever. After the word, order of what? Melchizedek. He's a different class of his own. But you see, this title called high priest, what makes you a high priest is just a basic requirement for being a high priest, which Aaron had. There are, many, there are things that Aaron you know. For example, it's clear that Aaron didn't have perfection of everything that has to do with the most holy. He didn't have perfection about one, the aspect of, of the most holy. Um, if you want to try and say, okay, what did Aaron perfect out of most holy life? We know most holy life is God's life. Right? If you want to take, don't think of most holy as a place now. Think of it as a life. It should be easy for you. Don't, don't think, when you say most holy, because you know the tabernacle, you first of all think, ah, most holy place, somewhere in Israel or in the wilderness, in the tabernacle, praise God. But those are, those are types and those are shadows of things. It's like when I say holiness, for example, don't, you shouldn't be thinking tabernacle. When, you say, when I say holiness to you, you should say, you should think life. Yes, sir. It's a, holiness means a, a standard of life. Yes, That's holiness. When someone has, you say, fear, sorry, holiness, follow peace with all men. Is that it? And then holiness without which man will see the Lord. So, praise Jesus. That holiness is, a, is kind of a, is a property of a life. Do you see that? So when you hear most holy, most holy is a type of life. Do you agree? <laughs> so, so you can have, you can have a, you can, they, can give you t- they can give you two men. They say, this brother, they are both Christian brothers. They will tell you, this brother is holy. It means the life he lives is holy. But they will now say, but this other brother, is most holy. That means that this brother lives most holy life. Yes, you know, there is something called most holy life yes, or most holy living. In, in heaven, spirits can weigh those kind of living. It's according to standards, obedience of laws. They are, it's according to the, the mastery of secrets of living. Do you get what I mean? It's according to what? Mastery of what? Secrets. You see? You see the life we are all living? There are different ways to live it. So it's not that this guy, I want to say most holy, the old is the most holy brother. It doesn't mean that when you get to his house, you will see Aaron's rod that bought that. He didn't matter, but maybe... Praise God. When you get to their, if they invite you for dinner at night in, the, in their house, praise God. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. They will bring out what? <laughs> Hidden manna. 
No, he said shoe bread. Shoe bread, that one, they, they still have shoe bread somewhere inside the room, but that's not the main dish, you know what I mean? Uh, that's not what I'm talking about, praise God. So when we say uh, uh, most holy, most holy living, is that, is that one of the, the other brother who's, who's living most holy life, I love the way it sounds, most holy life. Don't you want to live most holy life? Yeah. So that you are, you're now living. One day we'll say Jimmy is now living most holy life. <laughs> I don't know if you can take the sweetness of holiness. As I'm saying it, I'm tasting it. And I want to live it. Praise Jesus. So when you say, when it comes to, it's not that he will have strange things in his house. So he'll be a, a strange, extreme weirdo or anything like that. No, he will, be, he will just be a guy who he will be doing the kind of things, the things you're doing that men do, but his handling of them, his ways around them will be according to a secret, a secret. It's a secret sense. Do you understand? <laughs> Are you seeing what holiness is? It's like Jesus now. He was just a weird guy. It was like he was just doing maybe everything was just strange. Everything was just, no, at all, at all, at all. That, that apostle and high priest who we are speaking, who Nicodemus came to see, said, good master, I know that thou art a teacher come from God. Because no man can do the things you do except God be with him. But what Nicodemus saw was miracles and maybe the way he talks and all of that kind of thing. Except God be with him. No one can do this, these miracles. Without doers. Because they have records of men who, who, have, who God have been with. Prophets, all kinds of prophets who were with God, who God was with, and who walked with God. But Jesus was trying to tell him that it's not, it's not about being with God here. You are mischaracterizing me as a person. Let's start from the basics. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Do you see that? So, so Jesus began to speak from his education. Do you see that? He began to speak, when he say, I say from his education, everything, Jesus, what Jesus is teaching, are, these are precepts. They are precepts in him. These things are not debatable. They are, they are, they are established precepts in him. This, you see, all these things Jesus was saying, they are actually, they are building blocks of his holiness. Jesus Christ can never think outside the, the, the accuracy, the validity of these thoughts. Everything that he, he taught with those red letters that, that's in your Bible. You can never think outside them. They are, they are actually as clear. For you, they can be fuzzy. Hmm? It's that this year. Hmm? This, one, this one is conflicting with the other verse in the epistle. All of that thing. You praise God. It sounds somehow. But these things are very, very clear to him. They are plain to him. Simple. Plain. Praise Jesus, because they are, they are the precepts of his holiness. They, they are actually principles of the most holy life, which he had, as, he had ascended into. 
the quality of life, the standard of life, praise Jesus, which he had begun to live. Amen. He told, told him that except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. He cannot see the kingdom. Now, now, praise Jesus. Okay. Now, do you know you can be born again and not know this? <laughs> it's true now. How long were you born again for? And you didn't know why you were born again? Huh? It's a normal thing. And in fact, every, nobody gets born again and know why they are born again. It's not possible. You don't have the ability to understand why you are born again. It's after, after it's so, later. Ah, okay, okay, that's why. Oh. No wonder. No wonder. Praise Jesus. Do you see that? Now, so, so, so Jesus was was teaching about born again. You cannot separate born again from kingdom. The way, so you mean that the way he sees born again is not some, it's not by escaping hell. <laughs> Do you see he could have said, except a man be born again, he will rot in hell, he will rust and he will roast in hellfire or something. <laughs> have, you, have you ever thought about that before? That why did Jesus say that? The way we preach hellfire, this is the right verse to say that. <laughs> do, you, do you agree with me? Just to let Nicodemus know he's going to hell, right? <laughs> he's on the way to hell, except he gives his life to Christ or something. This is the right verse. It would have been very fitting in this verse. Verily, verily. That's where we preach it. <laughs> I say unto thee. Except if I'm born again, he will roast, roast in hellfire. Now, an unholy mind will say that. Do you see that? But to man, to man, someone who preaches such a message sounds holy. What we call holiness message is how to tell men everything that they are doing that's taking them to hell. <laughs> that's what we call holiness, avoiding hell. But Jesus is not about avoiding hell. It's not about that in terms of what we call hell or missing heaven. This is the matter, it's kingdom. Kingdom. You are born again for, for kingdom. First of all, you must see kingdom. Then. After seeing kingdom, by seeing kingdom, they will now, they will now encounter more birth, another birth called birth of water and spirit. This was holiness talking, standard of holiness, secrets. These are just secrets of spirits in the spirit. Praise Jesus. Jesus was teaching precepts here. Then when you accept one be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot do what? He can't enter into the, into the kingdom. Praise God. Whenever you just hear kingdom, say kingdom. Kingdom. kingdom is, what is kingdom? Kingdom is what is in heaven. Do you see that? What is in heaven? So our problem is that we have a sense of heaven, but we don't know what is in heaven. What is that? That Lord's prayer, when they told him, 
teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. If they had asked a normal religious guy, teach us pray, to pray, the way we normally pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Help us to come to heaven uh, where you are. But you know that that coming to heaven is not the way I'm teaching it tonight. It's more of that, when I die, let me go to heaven. That is an, an, an uneducated mind. Check all the, Jesus never prayed that kind of prayer. Never, never prayed that. You never see him suggest even something like that. Praise Jesus. It's, a, it's about the kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will what? Done where? In the earth, as it was, as it is. Praise Jesus in heaven. Also, when they say kingdom come, how will the kingdom come? For the only way kingdom will come is for men to be born into it. Do you see that? Men must be born into the kingdom. If, you, if men are not born into the kingdom, that's how you bring men. The way, the way you, you find the kingdom on the head is by men who have the kingdom. Do you see that? It's by men who have what? The kingdom. And how, do, how would they have the kingdom? Is by, by birth or by what? Entrance. By entrance. You can't enter into kingdom without entering into heaven. Praise Jesus. You can't enter into what? Without doing what? Now, do you know that this kingdom that they are speaking about here is not, is the Father's kingdom. Do you, do you know that? Eh? This kingdom is the Father's kingdom. Mm. It's the Father's kingdom. When, when, you saw, when you say the kingdom of Christ, or so the kingdom of God, is a big kingdom that uh, has... There's what you call in that kingdom, there's something called the Father's kingdom, right? There is also the kingdom of Christ. It's a, it's a dominion of Christ. You can also call it the dominion of life. Praise Jesus. That is where, that is in the kingdom. Praise God. But when you speak about the, the heavenly kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, when they say kingdom of heaven, is the kingdom of the Father. That's a particular kingdom that they are speaking concerning here. Our Father in heaven. This is the real, is the real prayer. Do you see that? Is the, real, the real prayer is, is a prayer concerning the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of the Father. If the, now, if you go back to John, I can prove it to you, right? In John chapter 3. After Jesus spoke about, you can't see the kingdom if you're not born again. You can't enter the kingdom if you're not born of water and the spirit. 
Then he turned and said, have I told you earthly things? Yeah. <laughs> and he believed not, verse 12. Then how will you believe I tell you heavenly things? So I've not, I've not mentioned heavenly things now when I'm talking about seeing the kingdom, entering the kingdom. I do agree with what I'm, this is the Bible, right? Jesus said, it, I have, a, is it lying? I have not, everything I've told you are earthly things. <laughs> so it means that here, Jesus hasn't spoken about the kingdom of the Father. Here, he hasn't spoken about the kingdom of the Father, which is, which is the, the main, the, the kingdom of the Father is the main quest of prayer. See, let me tell you something. Don't ever stop. Don't ever stop. Don't ever stop. Say, oh, well, we have, we have learned Christ, and don't stop. Right? Christ is a ladder. Is it, now, it's a, it's a beautiful ladder. In fact, it's the only ladder. There's no other ladder. He's the only one who can, who can, Christ is the only one who can rot ascension within the soul. It's the only, Christ is the only nature that can, that can give you distance from the earth. That can elevate you above. You can't. There's nothing in this world that can elevate you about, above mundane and corruptible things on the earth. Everything else will marry you to them. Take any other form of religion. You will check that every single other form of religion is done by the power of corruption. Yeah. The, the same forces that drives political ambition that drives what? Economic ambition. That drives, or it's the same forces that drive religious ambition. Just tear it down, check at the base of it, the structure, everything, is the same thing. So it means that, if that's the case, then it means that just religious, that kind of religious thing, it can't, it can give you a sense of self-righteousness, but one thing it will never do is to give you separation from the earth. You, you, now, you begin to see that at the end of the day, every religion has a master. And I'll tell you, the master of every religion is still, is still mammon. When I say mammon, mammon, I don't mean hard cash, hard currency. To me, to me, the way I see mammon, mammon means gain. Do you get what I mean? Is this, is a, Mammon is, is, a, is, a, is a spirit. It's a, a, a spirit. It's almost like an impulse. It, it pushes. It's gain, the desire to gain. <laughs> right? So that thing is still at the hand. So, so you cannot... Is a, is a monster, but is a, it can be a nice, cool monster. Yes, How do you know it's a monster? When you keep serving it, answering its, its, its um, direction and desire, it's okay. But how you know it's monstrous is try to starve it. <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? Yes, can you try it? Starve the desire to have. <laughs> That's how you know a monster lives in you. 
<laughs> it will just say, okay, yo, you want to starve me? No problem. Today, I'm taking away all your happiness. Not even one happiness. You will not taste one single happiness. <laughs> Now, try to starve your desire to have and remain happy by your strength. You now discover that your happiness has a remote control. It's in, it's in the hand of a, a, something inside. It's a member within you. <laughs> it can turn it off. If you just turn off the TV, turn off everything inside your soul, you'll just be dead, dry, just like that, crying and wailing. Say monstrosity. monstrosity. The only answer to that monster, to mammon, is contentment. Is godliness with contentment. Do you, you see, do you know why? Because you can't tame that thing without a power. It's too powerful. You need something more powerful than it. The power that can tame that gain, or that thing in your soul, is called godliness. It's powerful. The great is the word, the mystery of godliness. Do you see, you must, I want you to say mystery. Mystery is actually power. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. Mystery is power. When you introduce a mystery, you, the way you overcome a powerful thing, it brings something it can't demystify. <laughs> it will just become calm. Do you understand what I mean? You must introduce a mystery. So when that, that desire to, of gain or to have is, is welling up on the inside, trying to control things, then import a mystery that is, that, that, you know, the mystery of Christ is interesting. Christ is a, Christ is a cosmos. Is a world. Imagine a, an entire world that can keep going on without lust. Do you understand what I mean? Yes, sir. When you are beginning to import Christ, it's another living entirely. Let's say within your, you're going to try and be able to see, gain the ability to see yourself within yourself, because you are many. Yes, sir. Do you get? Let me tell you. Let me just tell you a little secret. Let me tell you a little secret. Inside your soul, there are members. Out of all, think of it as a congregation. Inside your soul. Now, <laughs> out of those congregation, <laughs> inside your soul, even when you say, oh, "I'm not really a serious Christian. There's nothing good about me." Let me calm down. There are many members in your soul. Out of some of those, all those many members, some are serious members. Yes. Many are serious members. Yes. <laughs> do, you, do you agree? You get. Let me tell you one of the secrets of, of, follow, of following God. One of the secrets of following God is don't feel weird. Just know that. Don't, don't get too phased and put off, and don't get immobilized by contrary feeling, contrary thought, contrary, you know what I'm saying? 
Just know that you are, you are full of members. There are many, you are many on the inside. You know, I know devil, he doesn't want you to know that. He's very bad. So when you're trying to obey God, maybe you've made some progress, you're happy. Woo, God! You're not bringing, you're not going to tap the most, the most rascally member in your soul. And say, hey, shout something right now. <laughs> Or he would just tell him, say, hey, go in the kitchen, go and cook something. <laughs> so you're not, going, you're not going, going to cook something that's, that will give an aroma of the opposite of everything that God is doing. You understand what I mean? Then you will not feel, ah, this is me. There's nothing good in me. So you mean with all the word I've been hearing, this is what is still coming out of my soul? <laughs> it's devil. <laughs> You need wisdom to overcome Satan. Yeah. First thing is, know thyself. Yeah. One thing that can never happen is that they can never save all of you in one day. Yeah. You have to understand that. So, gain the secret of how to look for the serious members in your soul. They might not be the loudest, but they are there. Find a way to side with them. Yes, sir. And encourage them. When, when they're trying to give up, pet them. Don't worry. You see, this, we will take over. Don't just get discouraged. Don't just, let's keep loving the Lord. Let's keep serving the Lord. Leave all the rascals alone. So from time to time, the rascals can rear their head and bring opposing. Don't worry. Let's keep going. Do you see? Yes. I didn't you know want about rascals. They get tired because they jump and they throw some assault. After some, they will feel like they have all the energy, but they don't have all the energy. After some time, they will calm down. Praise God. So I was saying, what, what will confound them that those rascally members who have made, made an oath, made an oath with, with gain, take portion of lost. They have inheritance of loss and say, everything about life is about gaining and having and losting and all of that. And we don't, we, we are not interested in any other life. What will happen is that you can introduce another life. The Christ life, like I said, is another complete economy of living that doesn't seek the impute of lost. Do you see that? The, the carnal nature can't conceive that you can live without lust, <laughs> right? That you can continue living without the appetite of, you know, gain, you know, you know what saying, James was saying that you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. And these are Christians he's writing to. You guys always ask amiss. What makes you asking amiss? You're asking to spend them. You may consume it. That you may consume it, what? Upon, upon your lusts. To consume it upon your lusts. Praise Jesus. But asking, when you, when you ask contrary to lusts, praise Jesus. When you ask contrary to lusts, you, know, you just see you're in your heart, like I said before, is not only, you see the altar of your heart 
is open. Any of your members can offer. Do you understand what I mean? Any of your what? Your members. Learn how to, how to, how to encourage the, the righteousness in you. Do you know what I mean by that? And give it a chance of asking too. Give it a chance of making offering too. Give it a chance of making sacrifice too. Do you get what I'm saying? After a while you begin to, you see, you will, um, and that word for asking is, um, like Jesus taught it in three ways. He said, first of all, he said, ask and you seek. And then what? Knock. And so you ask, seek, knock. All of those things are three dimensions of asking. Right? Ask and you shall receive. So what, what you receive empowers you to seek. Right? There's a, there's, there's a, at first, the way God will come to you is in different layers. First of all, you will receive. It's just, it's just receiving. You receive what you ask for. But what you receive is for, when you, you've received by, by asking, the, the secret things haven't been, you've not yet gained access to secret. Secret is, is the response to seeking. But when you ask, one of the main things you must ask for is mercy. That's the first thing you ask for. If you want to pray, you don't know. What should I pray for? Mercy. That should be standard. Yes, standard prayer. <laughs> Have mercy. Have mercy. Just don't get tired of asking God for mercy. There was a, a year that all, there's nothing I could pray for. And I couldn't pray for anything. When I just tried to pray, I just keep asking the Lord for mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy. I didn't know what I was praying for. I just, but something within me just kept saying, just, just be asking the Lord for mercy. Say, Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. You don't know what you are asking for. When that mercy comes, you don't know what that mercy is going to bring. The mercy, like I've taught you before, a sign of mercy is an empowerment of what? For exploit. It's, for, it's the power of seeking. When, when they've had mercy on a man, hmm? you know how you know? The man becomes powerful to seek. When you see a soul, it's not tired of seeking God. It's mercy that's at work. If you're tired of seeking God, pray for God to have mercy on you. Do you see that? So the answer to asking is receiving. Then when you receive, you are empowered to seek. Seeking is more active than asking. When you seek, seeking is not receiving, you will find. What, when, when it says find, to find something is not in plain sight. You won't say you found it if it's in plain sight, right? You have to, you have to search. It's actually finding is what you, you gain from what? From searching, praise Jesus. Yeah. Then, 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 then when you are found, what you found, gives you authority to knock. 
there's something called knocking. Are you, do you see what knocking? That thing called knocking. What do you, what do you knock at? Where do you knock at? A door. What kind of door? It's a door of life. Right? Door means entrance. Access. It's now free. What you have found, they will give you freedom into the realm of it. You will make it your own. And that word for door, open door, is, is inheritance. Right? You have the ability to do what? To inherit that thing. Glory to God. So that thing about seeking, remember when they speak about the Lord whom you seek in the book of Malachi. Right? Suddenly we'll do what? And the Lord, before that they say, I will send forth my messenger. Um, Malachi 3 verse 1, glory I'm hearing because so we can pray. Um, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek, praise Jesus. So are you seeing this Lord whom you would seek? This point of seeking is beyond asking. For, for you to have this kind of visitation, visitation, these are people who have, who are, who are, who have had, who are having dealing with mysteries. This Lord will not suddenly come. His coming is through an open door. Do you agree with me? Do you, agree, you don't agree with me? His coming is through what? His coming is through an open door. That will, do you get what I'm saying? So the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come. See the Lord of hosts, verse, verse two, praise Jesus. But who may abide the day of his coming? And then who shall stand when he appeareth? For he's like a refiner's fire, and like a what? A fuller's soap, verse three. And then he shall do what? Sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi, and then will purge them as gold and silver, so that they might do what? They, might, they may offer unto the Lord and what? An offering in what? In righteousness. So what he calls this offering, so that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. And anytime you hear offering, offering is the product of ascension. Nobody, nobody can offer. Offering is not just something that... <laughs> um, Offering, I'm not talking of your title and offering here. Do, do you see that? All these words mean something in the spirit. There's something that is called offering. Anything outside that is not offering. When you go to heaven, they know souls who offer. They know souls who can't offer. They, they, and when they say souls that can't offer, it doesn't mean they don't give titan offering. It's just that that titan offering is not the offering. <laughs> that... Glory to God that, that heaven or that God receives. The offering that God receives is an offering in righteousness. That for you to be able, he said that they may offer. It means that before these things that happened to them, they could not offer. They've been trying to offer, but they can't offer because all these dealings haven't occurred unto them. One of the principles of offering like I said just now, when you look at it, it even predates the law. It's ascension. Do you understand? It's ascension. 
you only offer on the mountaintop. You can't come in your backyard and be saying, I'm giving an offering to God. Do you understand? You can't just come out from your backyard and offer something. <laughs> right? It's the law. So what is the meaning of that? It means that for you to have offered, you must have done a work. You must have climbed. You must have ascended. When you are bringing your offering, the journey of ascension purifies the offering. Do you know what I'm saying? A lamb or a bullock or whatever on the mountain top is not at the same pedigree of a bullock on the ground. By moving an offering through that journey, you've done something to it. It, it makes the, the, the upward journey makes offering righteous. Is that, there are so many things. The, it's purification. The purpose of the mountain, holy mountain, is called holy mountain. It's called mountain of holiness. It's for holiness. Upon Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance. There shall be holiness. And the sons of Jacob shall possess their possession. Do you see what I'm saying? It's called the holy mountain because it's a mountain that, that administers holiness. By taking the cause of the mountain, it makes things holy. Do you see that? Praise Jesus. So when you carry the offering up, the, so I'm, I'm trying to show you that holiness is ascension. Do you see that? When they are saying, our God, holy place, most holy place, it's laid out in the temple, but it's after an ascending order. How do you know? Because of the, when they now, see holy place, most holy, holy place, most holy. They say the, 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 the officiator of the, of the holy place is called the priest. Then the officiator of the most holy is called a high priest. It means that when you move into the most holy, you have pushed priesthood up. It's the, what makes the most holy, the, the, the high priest of um, activity, what high? Sorry, what makes it higher, better, sorry, than that of the priest is because of its height in the spirit. Do you see that? So, if, so even in the flat temple, they had to use terminology of ascension. So, so it's very clear. When you're taking step in the temple, it's equivalent to, to upward climb in the mountain. You can map the temple up to what? Mountainous steps. In this. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, so you see, that's why when the Lord came upon Sinai, that mountain, like I said before, the, the, the precepts from the mountains according to the elevations of the mountain. Are you seeing that? So it's the elevation of the, of the mountain that God gave precept for, for them to spell out into a temple and then create ordinances that can almost represent that kind of holiness. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Am I saying something to you? Yes, sir. Glory to God. The apostle and high priest. Hebrews chapter 3. Thank you, Father. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of what the heavenly calling, consider who? Apostle and high priest of our profession. So I said that, that there are two things here, calling, profession. And I explained calling to you. Calling has to, is, has to do with, is most of what? Ascension. I want to say ascension is holiness, is a life. I explained the life to you. What kind of life? Is it, is it Christ's life? Is it, is it a life of holiness? Do you see that? Is it, I said that that life is a holiness, is a, is a different. It's like, I said it's a kind of a cosmos. It's a different kind of, it's a, it has its own economy. It's completely different. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I said that in your own members, that you can introduce a foreign life to your members. There will be aspects of your members that can hold it and keep that life. When um, corruption that is in the world through lust is coming. It will begin to wonder. One thing corruption cannot understand is living without corruption. <laughs> Do you see that? It can never. Corruption will never one day. You know, sometimes we feel it will happen. That somehow the corrupt minds of men will one day realize, ah, really, this Christ thing is actually true. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let's abandon our things and then come. No, <laughs> it can never happen. That, that, that thing is a, is a virus. When you see, praise God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's, so it means that Christ's life is mysterious to the corruptible life. And I said, the only thing that can kill the power of the, the desire for gain within the soul is, is what? The mystery of godliness. That the, the, what is the mystery of godliness? It's a powerful life that doesn't need the things that facilitate flesh life. The things that facilitate worldly living. Christ's life doesn't need it. It's a different kind of life. You can change, like Paul said, the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Now, when he says Christ is living in me, it means that Christ has won the battle in my members. You know, he was talking about the battle of his members in Romans chapter seven. There was a war going on in his members. He said, I, I desire after the law of God, after my, inward mind, but I found another law, it's still in my members, it's attached somewhere. <laughs> so my members, it's rebellion. While we are trying to hold on to the law of Christ, there's something else holding, staging rebellion on the inside of the soul. 
And that voice can be loud. Yes, they can organize protest. Yes, Your members can organize protest. They will raise placard and with song. You no know, protest always has song with it. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. <laughs> Who is singing sin in your members? Solidarity. And the song is always sweet somehow. Forever. You know, sin sings forever song in our soul. Praise God. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing into captivity to the law of sin. Bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is, which is in my members. It's, it's a law in my members. I see another law in my member. I mean, there's, there's one. There's this another one that's still there. So two laws are actually there in the members. Some members are obedient, some are disobedient. This was a warring season. But thank God for chapter 8, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law. Now do you see this freedom? Oh my God. Is when the, when the law of members have been won, it is called freedom. The, what is the mandate of the law of the spirit of life? It's to set your members free. For the law of the spirit of life, the law of the spirit of life in Christ is also the law of the spirit of holiness. The law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free, freedom. Do you, can you see this freedom for yourself? It's very, very, very attainable. Being free from the law of what? Of sin. And these are the things, you see this law is in the high priest. This is a department inside the high priest. Praise Jesus. But there, there is more to him. This, is, this law is not law. This is the law of the calling. There's another law of the profession. Do you see that? This is the law of what? The calling. There is what? There's the law of the profession. The law of the profession is called the perfect law of liberty, which the book of James spoke about. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Father.
We give you glory, Jesus. Bless your name. Back to chapter 3. We can round up of Hebrews. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, verse 2. Who was faithful to him that appointed him as also Moses was faithful in our house, right? For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who had built the house has more honor than the house. Verse 4. For every house builded by some man, but he that what built all things is God, okay? Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony which was spoken, which were to be after. But Christ as a son of his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the whole firm to the end. Mm-hmm. This is going at a very slow pace. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Glory to God. So the Holy Ghost said that if you will, verse 7, that wherefore as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice. So this voice is, first of all, the voice of the call. Right, that's the, the main voice, the first voice. That if you will hear, this is what the Lord is saying to you. Right? As the Holy Ghost said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the word provocation. In the day of temptation, in the where? In the wilderness. So the fact that you are, you are in the wilderness does not guarantee ascension. You are, they move you into the wilderness so to give you opportunity to ascend. But there will be a time they will say, go and prepare yourself three days. Come around. So the reason why you go into the wilderness is to hear the word, to hear the call. Like John began to hear. Strange call. Strange sound. I don't know how that sound would have felt inside John. You understand? He could hear it. It wasn't for him. So it wasn't an invitation to him, but he knew there was a sound in the wilderness. That was what he heard. Then he ran out and began to preach. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. He could hear the sound of the kingdom calling. Praise Jesus. You see that? Now, so this, in, the, in the wilderness, of course, the Israelites, they fulfilled the type. Praise God. And that time in the wilderness, they call it the day of temptation. In the wilderness. It means that men have tendency for hardness of your heart. Harden not your heart. So it was hardness of heart that made them begin to entreat that the voice no longer speak to them anymore. It's clear that by, time they, they, by John's time, they have dealt with the hardness of all those things have been dealt with. 
So the same voice that, that is met with hardness of heart can trigger movement into the spirit. Harden. You see hardening heart. It's not that hard to harden your heart. It's very easy. It's very simple. You, you, you see, they didn't say, respond not disparagingly towards the voice. They didn't say, argue not with the voice. They didn't say, fight, they didn't say, fight not with the voice. They said, harden not your heart. So you see, the threshold for, for this, missing this visitation is very, it's very slippery. It's, to, it's inside the heart. No man can see when you're hardening your heart. You will be shouting against the voice, but the heart can be hardened. Once the heart is hardened, do you know what I'm saying? Don't, 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 don't have a, a wrongly hardened reaction to the voice. Because that voice is a, is a stone. Two. When he's coming, he doesn't want to meet stones. He doesn't want to feel hardness in your heart. He's a, because he's a stone of stumbling. Is a rock of offense. Sorry, go on. In the day of stumbling in the wilderness, verse, verse 9, no time. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and then saw my works for the years, glory to God. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always do what? Err in their heart, and then not. they have not known. So you see, they always err in their heart. It's, it's an error of the heart. What, what stops ascension is error of the heart. Right, it's error of the heart. Say error of the heart. Error of the heart. It's a very, this is a, this season that we're talking about obedience and all of those things. This is a season of hard things, hard conversation, secret. This is not a time of trying to, you know, yeah, we are here, we are going there, we are this, we are attending, we are doing those things. <laughs> we have, haven't we done all those things? Are you not tired of them? Do you understand what I mean? Aren't you tired? Uh huh. Now we all know you are a word of righteousness, fellow. You have, you've, uh, those things have been established. There's nothing you have done. You, you, uh huh. It's now time for your heart. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Right? Thank God for everything, but it's time for now the seriousness. That's the response of your heart. Begin to, to now begin to have conversation with your heart about the Lord. Begin to prepare it. Begin to make sure it's, it's right. Begins deal with any kind of hardness. Detect, feel your heart. You can always feel it. Just take some time. Touch it. Take it. Is there anything hard here? Let's check whether there is any hardness of your heart. If you touch anything stony, talk to it. Keep speaking to it. If you need scripture, if it's not working, talk to a brother or a sister. There's just something inside here I'm feeling. Can you tell me something that can resolve this hardness of the heart? Do you get what I'm saying? Praise Jesus, Hallelujah. because the, the call is coming. The call is sounding. The call is sounding. Glory to Jesus. Some of us are already ascending. Many of us are already ascending. We, we must keep on with the voices. 
you know, the, the sounding changes, it increases. Like the, when the, the seal was opened, the trumpets began to sound. They are successive sounding. This one will sound to get it to a point. And now we, we now sound to take it further. It's not just one sound. It's, it's, a, it's a season of trumpets. Glory to God. That will, that will cause the full ascension. Which are, so we will all ascend. In Jesus' name. No, no soul will miss out of this season. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory to your name. Shamalalama Korea. Esifranatu Korea. Impramahori Pazusia. Ephrahata Makamaroki. Elimakasuya. Meverenehem. Meverenehem. Everenehem. Ephrenekam. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you. In Jesus' name. Father, you're hearing our hearts, responding to your word tonight. Let none of this seed fall by the way. I pray, help our hearts to retain everything that you have said. Let the seed open up and release its content into our souls. It will bring forth, it will cause establishment in these things and in all righteousness. Thank you, our God. We give praise to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth.